And we're back. Thanks for listening to Above the Pitch. Today we're going to bring you our Game Week 5 recap. We're going to start everything off with Leeds Newcastle. There's a lot to go on this game week. I know we say it every game week, but this is a pretty busy game week. It's the busiest. Game Week 5 is always very important because it lets your teams know like where you're kind of play- going to place in the group, I mean in the league. So you get a good look at all the teams. So... Leeds versus Newcastle. First of all, most important takeaway of the entire game. Leeds have the best kits in the Premier League. They are really nice. They're gorgeous. Home and away. They're gorgeous. I want one. Almost makes me want to be a Leeds fan. I am a Leeds fan now. I mean, <laughs> I can't be, but it's this, all right. this game was... Let's uh, cross over. This game was amazing. I, uh, I woke up early to watch it. It was the first game of the week. And um, it was back and forth. And let me tell you, Newcastle need to put a statue of ASM in front of the stadium. Without this guy on the team... It's over. They probably would be relegated. They're flat, right? Yep. Yeah. This man would dribble 50 yards every time Newcastle received the ball just to make something happen. It was the game of the league on dribblers. I mean, maybe because it's just pace going back ASM and forth. And Rafinha are both from league yeah, on. yeah. And <clears throat> Rafinha also had a good game, but he couldn't really make anything happen. Um, he well, did he get the goal. Happen. He did make. He did get the goal. He did get the goal. But after that, what did you think of the goal? I liked both goals on both ends. Talk about first one. Um, so Rafinha's. Rafinha's had a good team build up, but then I believe he received the ball from. Outside of the box, if I believe correct. Was I right? So, he got the ball to the right side. Yeah. And then he tried to curl it from outside the box. Mm-hmm. But the most oh, important the player... One, right? It wasn't deflected, actually. The most important player was Rodrigo. Because he dummied. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, yes. I remember. From outside the box. And he goes to flick it. And thankfully, he misses it. Mm-hmm. And it goes right in the back of the I don't net. know if that was on purpose or not. If it wasn't, that no, was he, genius. No, he, he meant to hit it. He meant to hit it. He, I mean, come on. It's a striker. Strike always wants to touch the ball in the front of the net. That was crazy. That got and me. I thought he flicked that. That was like goal of the year. That's what I thought too. Goal and of then, the year. Yeah, apparently there's many goals of the years <laughs> on this game week. We'll we'll get to them. All five of them. Five goals of the years this game week. But uh yeah, it was a really nice goal from him. Rafinha's obviously the biggest player for Leeds. Yeah. And it was the first time he had to play in the middle because Daniel James got his first start. Yeah. For the team. Absolutely. And uh, he looked fine. He looked like a Leeds player, you know. Uh, good for him. Happy to see that. Yeah, I think he was fitting in well. He was given a good amount of minutes. Yeah. I think there's just a lot to work on with that. But overall, I was happy about it. Mm-hmm. Newcastle was a little worried in the beginning. They're going 1-0 down. Obviously, Steve Bruce's job is on the line every single game. Yep. And, uh, you know, ASM, multiple chances, creating... They tied it up, and they made it 1-1. It could have went either way. I do want to say, I am disappointed in the Newcastle midfielders. There's a lot of talent in that midfield for what they could work with. Mm -hmm. I felt like Almiron had a bad game. He had about two chances that he could have turned into something big. Right. He didn't. I mean, yes, uh, Millier, I believe is how you actually pronounce the Leeds keeper. Great save, but I mean... Messlier. Messier? I think they pronounce it Millier. Yeah, what are they? Just, they put letters He's into French. a name. And then, yeah, that's what the French do. They th- put, throw out a few letters. They put letters and put <laughs> together and they pronounce it and it doesn't sound anything <laughs> like it. So, you know, he did well, but I 
not happy with Almiron. Also, Joe Willock, you know... I think he had a terrible game. They're working well in their own half, but once it starts being attacking options, it's only ASM by himself, and they're just kind of lucky, like you said, that he's there. I mean, everybody else is more defensive. Matt Ritchie had a good opportunity. Yeah. Uh, he shows quality there, but it's just not enough to really cut it. I think Almiron was the best player against Man United last week. Yeah, that's Th- what I'm saying. This that's why week I said he was that. a little rough. Matt Ritchie always does something, but he just, when it comes to the last, you know, the last uh, third, he just can't shoot that well. And it ASM reminds me of like Luke Shaw's little brother. Why does that be Luke Shaw's little brother? Why, why can't it be Sissoko's little be brother? Yeah, but Luke Shaw can score. Matt Ritchie almost scored. Yeah, but Luke Shaw can score. I uh, understand. That's why they're two different people. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, I think it was a good matchup. 1-1 uh, and draw. One uh, thing I want to bring up to you mm-hmm. is Bamford. He hasn't scored yet. Yeah. And he had good opportunities in that game. Yep. Do you think he's warming up in the season? Do you think he's going to be as good as he was the first season? You I know. also think it's, I think he's warming up, but I also think it's a bit different tactically this year, uh, especially now with dropping Rodrigo, but Rodrigo starting, so that changes the dynamic of the team. You know, if you watch that Rafinha goal, Rodrigo came from kind of center pitch and then mm-hmm. bolted through, whereas, you know, previously they would kind of use Bamford as that target man, so they're not really doing that as much. Yes, he should convert, uh, but... I think it's also a bit of a different team. They're trying different things out. I just hope he scores some goals because Leeds do need him to score. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Moving on to our second game, Wolves-Brentford. Another shock victory from Brentford this this uh, this season. Brentford are a big surprise, obviously, but any team that comes up from relegation now is usually a good team. Like you think Sheffield United, their first <clears throat> season, they did great. Yep. Um, it's usually one. One yeah. gem. There's one gem, but they're all really not that bad. Like, if you think about it, there's something we'll go into detail in one of our segment podcasts. Um, But I like the style of Brentford. They play with two strikers. Not many people do that anymore. And uh, the biggest thing for this team was the two strikers. Embueno and Tony. I, always, I can't pronounce yeah, the first guy's name. Embueno, I think Yeah, whatever you want to say. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. The M is right. there. We, we know what you're saying. Then it's a B. Then there's an <laughs> E and a U. And Look. Tony with an E. Tony with an E, of and course. So that's that's the connection right there. But they played really good ball. Like they played like early two thousands style, where you know they passed it into the six yard box, and they created like these wonderful goals. The whole team played really well. Honestly, they looked superior. Yeah. And Wolves are one of those teams that you always say they're always supposed to be in the top ten. You know, they're one of the strongest mid table teams, and they're not really looking. Too sharp at the I remember that they also are in transition. They got a new coach. Yeah, no, look, I'm not saying that's going to be the whole year. But yeah, they looked flat. But right now, they're they not looked, looking yeah. good. I mean, you're having Brentford kind of pick you apart. I mean, Ivan Tony, he took the ball from the left side, and he was just... It didn't matter who came into the... You know, they tried to even make a tackle and still came off of him. He just looked super strong, composed with the penalty that he got himself. He's confident. Then, I like that. I like, yeah. I like strikers that are confident. Yeah, I mean, even the Buemo goal, it was just a great setup. Uh, I think it was like a a three on a four on two or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it they was. just made they, a play. They a pass that like split, that should never split really the team. Happen. Yeah, it was a great pass that split the team, and he put it in. And I that... think I think out of Wolves, the two letdowns for me. Uh, I think Trincao was a letdown this week. He's been solid for the most part, but this game week he was 
a bit nowhere to be found. Also someone, this is like the Al Noron effect right now, Marcel, great last week. Right. This week he was poor. So uh, it was it was hard. It was hard to – if you're a Wolves fan, that was hard to watch. Right, definitely. Listen, uh, if you're like, a Brentford fan, you're just ecstatic. Yeah. So shout out to the three Brentford fans. Hey, listen, in, that's okay. a big win. They only need a certain amount of points to stay up, and it looks like they're going to make it. But If they keep it up. Yeah, if they keep it up. They're on a strong start. Question for you. Do you feel like Brentford will keep this up? Yes. I don't think they're going to be like a Norwich that started really strong. You know, the Pookie, where he kept on scoring goals. They mm-hmm. beat City and everything. I think this team will keep it up in order to stay alive. They remind me of the Cherries. Okay. They gave me that the Cherries vibe, you know, with Eddie Howe yeah. when they first came up. They, you know, they just did enough to keep going. Uh, and they had a few shockers in there. So I, I that's how I kind of uh, see them going. So I hope, you know, wish the best for them. It's always good to see that. My other question for you, he gets his first start because of his goal of last week. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on Juan He Chan? Honestly, I haven't really watched him much because this was such a Brentford full game. Um, He didn't do much the second game, right? This game with Wolves. I'm not a big fan of Asian players in the Premier League. I don't think sometimes they're physical enough, Mm -hmm. especially as a forward. I think, you know, Sun is something super special. Um, obviously, we had Jisung Park. Uh, Shinji Kagawa was okay. In this Wolves team, this team is literally being made right now. So, where he's going to play, where Jimenez plays, you know, he's, this whole team needs to find its own, like, feet on the ground. Because after today, when you see how they played, they need a lot of work. I feel like this was too early. Yes. I feel like it was too early in his career to make a change yet. Yeah. Uh, He was, uh, obviously I don't watch the games, but I just keep up with certain players. He was one of them that I liked looking at because he was playing at Red Bulls and I just loved their system. Mm -hmm. He was starting to get there. It would have been as if Timo Werner left after his first good year. I mean, but he left after right. like four good and years. And he's still not doing that well. And he's still not doing that well. And he kind of played in a similar system. So for me, I felt like it was too early. Everybody always wants the big money move, always mm-hmm. wants to play in the Prem. Maybe they weren't allowed to buy another Portuguese player. That's what it was. Maybe they, they were had looking to even at things one, out. And then they're like, listen, Nuno's not here. You can't just keep buying. <laughs> You're not allowed anymore. Right. Yeah, so I, it's just tough. I mean, he could prove everybody wrong. It's going to take a lot of time. Maybe it's just because the overall team is not playing well anyways, but yeah, I feel like that. when Raul Jimenez, when he has that presence on the pitch, it's totally different from Juan He. Yeah. Again, though, Juan He is pacey, right. and they're not using the pace. Right. They're using him like Raul, I feel. Maybe they so, want to use him like they use Jota or something like that. But that takes away from him. Right. You know? He's known for pace. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Werner. You know, they're taking a pacey guy and they're putting him in his system. Maybe that's kind of the problem. So, he's I don't not, know. There's more to come with that. He's not that big of a guy either. He's... Yeah, he's Very not super small. physical, of course. Of course. Liverpool, Crystal Palace. Another 3-0 win for Liverpool. 3-0, my friend. 3-0. How are you feeling without uh, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold in the team? Fine. I was comfortable. I-, I don't think there was a problem. I felt like I was reverting back to how I was watching Liverpool, you know, the past few seasons when they're playing lower-end teams. And it was very comfortable. We had... Three, it was all set pieces. It was set piece kind of game. The first one, corner kick, Simikas gets 
the deflection from Sulla, which goes to the back post. Monty pops it in. Then you have that Sulla slam after a corner kick. And then, you know, just to top it off, it was another deflection off a corner kick for a Keita goal. So it was all set pieces. But still, even open play, it was comfortable. Mm-hmm. We were more dominant on the ball. I didn't feel like there was much threat. I think Oates and Edward did a good job. You could tell when he's on the pitch. He is very smart. I think his IQ is really high and he's fit for the Prem. Right. Zaha had a better game. You know, you had to make sure you were man-marking him and keeping his dribbles down and everything. But, you know, just Crystal wasn't strong enough. How did you feel about uh, Konate's debut? This is debut, right? Yeah. yeah. Really happy. I, think I mean, he did it well. is Crystal Palace. You know, you're not going to have that much. Yeah, he didn't to... get tested too much. But, I mean, the times that he did, he did his job. And I think that's all that we really need. And especially now with Champions League and Shuffle, you're going to have, you know, the interchanging of the center backs, which they have been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've honestly been interchanging their back four right now. And all the great teams do that. So for us to be able to have that, which we really lacked. I mean, last year, yeah, we changed, but it was because we were forced to change things. That's kind of the next level. And if Liverpool can do that, they can achieve that more of next level dominance instead of build up, build up, build up, win something, build up, build up, build up, win something. Right. Uh, yeah, you definitely guys have a, a better back line with a, more defenders uh, this year than you did last year. Um, would you still, do you think it's going to be Mate playing four or five games and then Konate is going to come in to give him a rest? I think so. It, it's kind of odd. The club makes some interesting decisions here and there. Matip's on fire. Now he just kind of, you know, gave him a little break. So I don't know. Matip's an interesting player. If I just judge him off of this year, I'm like, Matip is one of the best center backs in the league right now. So I can't see him being replaced at all. But knowing Matip from previous years, he tends to have like stints where he's very good and then he'll get some sort of injury, and then it will just go down from there. So, if he stays healthy, I think you're going to see a lot of Matip. But I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to rotate around even Van Dyke a little bit to give Konate playing time. I mean, that makes sense, and he did just come off a big injury. so Yeah, I feel like everyone's you know always saying, you know, is Van Dyke the same? He doesn't have the same presence. I can kind of agree. He's not really... He hasn't necessarily been tested enough, but at the same time, maybe it's just all of us being psychological with his injury of Of feeling like he's not as dominant. It's a topic to talk about. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I mean, you just have to kind of see them play it out and see how Van Dyke reacts to like a big, big league games. Right. That's what I feel. And then to my favorite part, Keita's goal was extremely impressive. Extremely impressive. I think at this point, if I don't say best, I'd say shy of first of the best goal of the last five game weeks. Maybe goal of the season later, that is a lot to say, but un- unreal. You're still saying it's better than Danny Ng's bicycle kick. I think it's better than Danny Ng's bicycle kick. It's not. Kick. The goalie was in the center of the net, almost. It actually wasn't a center. He was off to the right. He was out of position. He gets a full hand on Keita's not even perfectly hit strike that actually is going towards the middle of the net. How is it not perfectly hit? Wait. He 
He, he saw didn't the hit it with coming. his laces. He didn't hit it with he, laces. I'm going to tell you something. He saw the ball coming. I get he it. He did plant his foot so he yeah. knew when he was going to strike. Doesn't mean he hit it right. You want to know something else? He hit it with his left. Yeah, that's how he's you not have even to hit a righty. You, that would be. I mean, he's a righty. Would, sorry, that would be a goal of the season if he hit it with his right and put it in that top right hand corner. That's, that's not. That would be like Zidane stuff. Yeah. I, that's but a whole other ordeal. His left foot on the right part of his left foot, not even laces on the inside, inside left foot. Yeah, yeah, that's not how you hit a volley. If you, wanna, I think there's different ways to hit a no, volley. No, no, he mishit it. I don't think it's mishit. It's mishit. It wasn't even that strong of a hit. If we're gonna argue laces are outside, maybe no, he might not, have met the laces he, and he hit the the inside. But he, yeah, but he wants to, you want to hit. But the want, technique was superb. No, he saw it coming. I get it. He, he saw lined it coming, up. He planted his foot. He, he swung had, at it. Everything was perfect. It wasn't until he made contact with the ball. It wasn't perfect. And the contact. goalie didn't even get their full hand on it. He got his full hand on it. He literally he didn't put, put it into the net. He pushes it into the back of the net. His hand was open. Yeah, but he's diving backwards. It hits the end of his hand. And pushes it to the bottom right hand, bottom left hand corner. That was him knocking into the fridge, by the way, because he's very uh, excited. Yeah, about animat, the anim- animatic, animatic, whatever the word At is. At this point, you're not making anyway, any sense. Anyway, if it literally did that, if it went to the top right corner or the bottom right, no, it had to be top right corner. I would say, okay, you can contend that for goal of the season. But the goalie literally put his whole hand on it and pushed Best it. Best goal in the last five game weeks. No. Danny Ings' bicycle kick is way better. Why? That's just set up. The ball's in the air. You know that's your only Oh, my bad. Everybody can do a bicycle kick. Was that bicycle kick in the top corner? No. I could say the same thing. I could say it was the pretty goalie close to the top the corner. had bad positioning, so it should have been good. No, that's different. He and literally... he could have been more lateral. Than oh, yeah. You can hit a perfectly good bicycle kick with power into he the... He volleyed into... a top box. He didn't... Oh. It doesn't matter. The shot was lame, it's not the best dude. goal of all time. If that was any other goalie, it would have been saved. Kate does a goat. It's okay. He's not a goat. Yeah, that's why it took, <laughs> him, that's why it took him three years to get into the first team. That's Gl- because he's been Gl- practicing Gl- this. Gl- always buys a player and then doesn't use him for the whole year because he needs to learn how to run for a really long time That's in the exactly middle. what it is. Yeah, then it took him two more years to figure out how to run in the middle for a really and long time. And then he does perfectly yeah, fine. Maybe if Harvey Elliott didn't get injured, he would be on, he would be, even, he would have been on the bench. Out of this. Yeah. Kata stinks. Next. Man City, Southampton, 0-0. Man City drop points again. And again, you, you go into the topic of do they need a striker? Yes. yes. The question I have for you is Can you? do you think they can win the league without one? The better question should be do you think they could win the league and then just end it there? I don't think they could win the league the way they are right now. So you don't think they could win the league with this team? No. Neither do I. They're just they, They're not the same. They're not the same. They're not even rotating like they used to. Like, you know, like I was just talking about before, you remember how when Man City's like super elite, like they could just rotate like crazy. Wait, they have been rotating. But not not as much as they have been in the past. They've been trying to stick to certain players. Their back to keep four has been the same, but the rest of the team has changed. I understand, but remember in the previous season they were super dominant. They could they were taken out right. whatever. Especially you last couldn't even year. figure out who I was mean, gonna be the starting Last line. year some people say they won the league just because they rotated the most. I mean I don't think that, they have, that's obviously because they have that That's that obviously bench. gonna be extremely that, helpful. That yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean that's a whole nother debate. Right. I think in general, the way the team is, they are missing it's not like they didn't have a striker previous. They didn't, you know, and they still right. pulled it off. So I'm not going to say, but I'm not going to say if they had a striker, they do better per se. I think in general, they're kind of losing that spark. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if teams just they're watching more film. They're you know they're getting down the tactics perfect because obviously one on one Southampton's going to lose every single battle on that pitch. Do you think the loss to Chelsea before? No, I just think that's a yearly thing. I think the think, presence without De Bruyne is huge. Like, yeah, he's now. coming back yeah. now. Uh, but just in general, I think that was a big hit. Maybe even the whole Benjamin Mendy thing that might be hitting the team kind of locker room wise. Who knows? That's you know, true. obviously you just see news and then the guy leaves. Right. But I'm sure there was relationships in the locker room and stuff like that. So that could have a play on things. You got a new guy like Grealish who's starting over players that have been trying to earn their spot. You got Ferran Torres that because they pay big money, now he's always playing. Sterling's not really getting a lot of minutes. Mahrez isn't getting a lot of minutes. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just multiple components. And I think, like you mentioned last time with the whole, you know, not having and not having, you know, having the same magic trick over and over again. Right. That's kind of what City's turning into. Well, they, they play the same way and Pep says he'll never change the way he plays and Obviously, it's been working for him, but I just feel like in this league and now with the teams that are being that are stronger, he'll need that striker to make the difference. Agreed. But going into the game, uh, we're not saying Man City are playing poorly. They had plenty of chances. Yeah, they yeah. Were, it's not like they were a... literally centimeters away from putting the ball in the box like six times. But uh, there was one moment in the second half because. Chances don't mean anything unless you take them. But there was one moment in the second half where Rocker tackles, I don't remember who it was, from behind inside the box. And it was awarded as a penalty. And then the ref goes to check it on the screen and he takes it away. So the player's running inside the box. Uh, a Southampton player's running inside the box. And he's through. He's w- through one-on-one. And obviously Walker's very quick. And he kind of bodies him in the back. So he hits the guy in the back, and obviously the Southampton player goes ground and calls penalty. Of course. He goes check it out, and he says no penalty. Yeah, I didn't understand that. So I I didn't understand. I guess it was just the wrong call. It was clear. I didn't get it at all. It should have been a red card for Walker. But this this was a theme for the week, and uh, we'll go into that. And they tied with that. Yeah, they tie with that. So that's even worse. Right, because Southampton could have won. Could have won it. Agreed. you know, they would have yes, a okay, chance. Yes, okay, gotcha. They would have a chance. But we'll... Yeah, and you know, like you said, you know, City was playing well per se. You know, they had the numbers. They had 60% of the possession. They had double the amount of touches, almost double the amount of passes. Regular Man City game. You know, it's they how had, they, they usually... Their stats show otherwise, but they just don't... They're not... They don't have, like, that lethal product right now. It, it was that day where they were just a second behind on everything. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see if they can bounce back from it. I'm sure it's going to be a hiccup for now. I think it's just a big game because it's showing right. there is more weakness than we've seen previous. Right. They can always go on a big run like they usually do where they're like, hey, this is our last loss of the season. Let's go on a 20-game win streak. Right. You know, so that's still a possibility. But I don't know if they have that in them anymore. I can see them going big on maybe five games and then dropping points. I They're not – I'm used to seeing that Man City when Liverpool were trying to get the title where it's like, man, they're never going to let up. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, they're just going to break 100 points. Like this is crazy. So you know what I mean? 
it's different vibe this year for sure. Right. They don't look like they're going to be the contender. That's how I feel about it. I, I agree with you there. Uh, speaking of penalties, we could uh, move on to West Ham United. Yep. Uh, one goal for West Ham, two goals for United. Yep. United played a good game, honestly, against West Ham. But we'll go into the, the actual topics of the game, which was the penalties. Um, so Ronaldo was fouled in the box three times this game. Two should have been a penalty. One was, if it was Mohamed Salah, it would definitely would have been a penalty, <laughs> um, where the defender puts his leg in, and then Ronaldo kind of runs into him and goes over him and falls. He impedes the way. No matter how light of an impediment it is, it is still a penalty. It was not given. Uh, it wasn't even checked on VAR, actually. Then there was another one where he drags a player. He goes sprinting down the box. He cuts inside. He's going down the he's going down the side of the box, and he gets impeded again uh, by a player putting his body across him. Ronaldo goes down. No penalty. Two minutes later, not even. West Ham crossed the ball in the box. Right from outside the box, Luke Shaw's on the line on the box. Uh, Luke Shaw's running full pace, puts his arm out, hits his arm, close range. Penalty, last last shot of the game. Mm-hmm. David Moyes subs in Mark Noble to take the penalty kick. Fun fact, Mark Noble has a 90.5% uh, penalty conversion rate. The only player better is, do you know who? Hit it. Lewandowski. Really? Yep. He's not missed a penalty since 2016. I heard him bang in the uh, in the locker room, so that's probably it. I understand. <laughs> and he's uh, the goat journeyman. David De Gea has not saved a penalty since 2016. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about that for stats? <laughs> and uh, obviously, De Gea saves it, and the game ends, and United win two one. Huge win for United, obviously, because it keeps them top of the table. Or right. tied for top of the table. And you, West Ham's obviously a good team, so that's a big game for them. Question. Yeah. What do you think is the significance of Lingard's role this year? Well, I thought he should have left in the uh, summer. I thought that would have been better for him in his career, but he decided to stay and fight. Uh, Ole told him he's going to be part of the team. I think maybe he's going to be that player that comes in for Bruno to give him a break mm-hmm. um, or a player that can come on the right and pray, put uh, Greenwood in the middle with Ronaldo for a short period of time in case we need a goal. Um, obviously, he's always creating goals. Scored a really, really good goal on West Ham. He he cut in on the left to cut into the right in the middle of the box and he put a top right-hand quarter and that was a goal-winning game after his debacle of a pass against Young Boys in the... Uh, Champions League. Um, you let us know if you want us to go over Champions League stuff. We'll make a segment for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think he'll. This is the thing because we have Van de Beek, and he could easily play a similar Poor role. Van de Beek. Yeah, he could easily play a similar role. And uh, obviously, you want to see homegrown talent play for your team. So he's obviously good energy, and he can do things well. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's a good player. He scores big goals, like I said, so I think he'll be pretty prominent when we really need him in uh, the second half. Do you think he will I don't think he'll start. Okay, that's my next question. All right. I don't think he'll start. Yeah, I mean, look, he comes again to save the day. 
Yeah. Jesse Lingard. Mm-hmm. The guy that we all, I felt, would think that West Ham was the way to go. He right. was just like Superman in West Ham. Oh, also, the goal really is De Gea, though. I can respect De Gea. There's no more Dean Henderson. Yeah. Not at once in this podcast where we have a debate over De Gea and De Henderson. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay, I can agree with it's that. It's done. You're good. You're good. We'll you're good with that. me. All right, on that you gotta topic. do me that favor. I got you. I don't want to hear it. Sounds good. Man, as long as you tell me Kate is the goal of the season, like, we're it's all def- good. That's definitely we not can that. Shake though. hands. That's and walk definitely out. not that. But anyway, United <laughs> are the top of the table. Almost we're tied. Top of the table. Right. That's good. There's only one uh, big giant in our way right now. That's right. Big giant in everybody's way. Yeah, they're scary. And that is the mighty Blues. Good old Chelsea. They were Spurs. Uh, Lukaku versus Kane. Lukaku. They're both Kane. around the same age. They both kind of started out at the same time. Only one came to play today. I mean, really, they both really didn't come to play because Lukaku gets missing on big games. Still saying it, but uh, he did well. Sure. I mean, look, going into this game before even the match day happened, I was already saying, forget it. Yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea's just- beating Spurs. So, that wasn't the shocker for me. It was just the absolute dominance. You know in, like, those movies where there's that evil villain with the big brain and his brain just gets bigger and bigger? Mojo Jojo? Uh, we can go with Mojo. It's my guy. Yeah, but he's kind of dumb, though. <laughs> okay, what are you going to say? I don't know, like one of those Pixar movies. Okay. I don't really... What is this, Megamind? Megamind, Megamind. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's Tuchel. <laughs> yeah, Tuchel is... The mega mind he of makes coaches. Small changes. He took out Mount in the first half to bring on Conte for the second, and it changed the game. Yep, the mastermind of Tuchel. And he's always flipping his team around. If he's not happy with somebody, he's gonna put them on the bench immediately. He'll let you know. And all these changes that he's making, he's crushing teams out here. And you know, I want to add that he's just really playing experience. Yeah, he's playing experience. I mean, if you told me, do I want Thiago Silva, who had a, one of the best games of all time, I'd probably tell you not really, because he's a lot older. If you told me, do I want Ashby Laqueta, I'd probably tell you not, he's a lot older. Marcus Alonso, same answer. They got the passion. You know, they got they're the passion. playing a lot older players in defensive roles that are just getting the job done because it's so structured that they don't need to outpace anybody. You ever see Braveheart? Mm-hmm. With Mel Gibson? Yeah. That back line is like Scotland. I agree with that. Yeah. That's fair enough. Good old Rudiger. Rudiger, Christian and Silva is, is like... Forget it. They're pulling it off. Rudiger, Tiago, Espy, uh, even James, Alonso. this year. They're all playing really good. They all play for him. And they. I feel like winning the Champions League and knowing when he came last year, after they saw, hey, we haven't lost a game. They just got like this, this intensity to them, this spirit about them, where they're not giving up. Like and like I said before earlier in the earlier in the podcast this year, they have like the perfect balance of youth and experience. Yeah, I and mean now they have, they're just using it right. Best coach in the world right now. Rightly so, I think so. I can't really argue that. I can't. I, I, I think mean, so. you know, that could be a different type of debate, but at the very moment, he's a mastermind. Another segment. Another segment. Yeah, actually, cool. I want to do a segment about uh, the German coaching system. Okay. That would actually be really exciting to talk about. 
And I think that's really in-depth stuff that a lot of people don't really know or delve into. So that's something to come as well. Because I think that's a big part about all this. You mean you know, they, they don't all go to the Sam Allardyce School of Coaching? Where <laughs> where they make sure they don't get relegated? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, like that's a big part. You know, like you saw with Klopp, when Klopp first came, it was uh, you could see the difference right away. Not to this extent, because I feel like this product is way more finished than obviously what Klopp got into. But it's just that that German school of teaching, and they're really solid. You know, you're seeing a lot of players coming also from Bundesliga. You know, and he's Tuchel's just making the magic happen. Yes, yeah, Spurs started that game off really strong actually, and they had a couple of chances. Um, just bad playing or bad uh, bad ideas in the last third. They could have could have had a different game in the first half, but in the second half, Nuno's. Once they put Conte in, Nuno likes to play without the ball. And once they put Conte in, he was just owning that midfield. They owned the midfield when they had Conte in Honestly, the Honestly, that just goes right into like how good of a coach this yeah. is. He takes out one of his main attackers for defensive midfielder to score. Right. Like... That's that deflection, that's deflection, highly that impressive. That hurt me though. Watching well, yeah, yeah. Game. I mean, take away the but goal. Yeah, yeah. Just in general, like the change of the entire yeah. tactics and the vibe of the game is like, wow. He made an opposite change for opposite effect. Not something people would normally right. think and, of doing. Uh, and they completely shut out Spurs's uh, attack. It was actually great, great Kane fact for you here. Go ahead. It was the first ever time Kane has not had a shot on target. Or a touch in the box. Wow. What do you think is the problem with Kane? Or with that statistic? Honestly, I just want to say Chelsea were just so dominant. Uh-huh. I don't think it actually has anything to do with Kane. Right. Um, I, Kane's always been a slow starter in every Premier League season. You'll see he doesn't actually score goals right off the bat. So I, I don't want to go into it and be like, hey, it's because you didn't get a transfer. I want to be like, it's just Harry Kane. He played in the Euros. Slow start. Needs to warm up. That's Not putting a lot of pressure on Harry Kane. But think about it. Spurs have had worse teams, per se, with him on the team. Played equivalent superior teams. And he's never had that stat before. Do you think that has anything to say about anything or no? Well, if I was to put myself in his shoes and say I was, you know, playing for Man United and, uh, well, I can't do that. They win trophies. Um, if I was playing for <laughs> Everton and I was brought up in their youth academy and I got it, I got on them, I'm like, just like Harry Kane. And I'm like, yes, this is my big break. I'm going to go to Man United. I'm going to be like Wayne Rooney. And I didn't get the transfer, and like I was let down. It would definitely affect my game. Like even though, when I get on the pitch, like in real life, like I just want to win. I think maybe a little bit of motivation might go. I mean, look, that is where I was taking my question. It's not necessarily a reflection on Kane. I think it's just circumstance, and I feel like this is another lesson in football where. Unfortunately, if a big player needs to go, you got to give him the option. You know, an extreme case used to be like the Carlos Tevez issue. It's just, it's nowhere near that. But I'm just simply saying, you know, you do so much to try and keep these big players, but if they're not in it, 
you know, they lose that edge. Yes, at the end of the day, he probably wasn't going to score regardless, but he's usually a little more, you know, into the game. Add to, adding to it, Lo Celso, terrible game. Deli Ali, trash. Yeah, I hope you never say you hope he has a good year again. I mean, look, up until now, <laughs> he was playing different, and he yes, was yes. showing a different layer in his no, game. No, Chelsea, were, I think, were just too good. I think... Somebody that I think, wow, like, impressed me, in Dombele. He is so technical on the ball. Yeah, I didn't actually know he was oh, that. Oh, he's very good on the ball. He, like, blew me away. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, to think, like, this guy was barely even playing because, like, they didn't want to select him, right. etc. Like, he's, like, one of your best players. Right. On, the, on the ball, especially. Yes. On the ball? On the ball oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, man, have that guy just feed balls to Kane and Son. It could be a whole nother game. Right. You know, I also felt Regalon and Royal, great. They're great on the ball. They're just not strong enough. They're not strong. Yeah. They're getting bullied a lot. Like, I I can't tell you how many times I, I see Regalone in the box and he'll just get out muscled. Not necessarily his fault, but it's just like, you know, as a coach, now you have to start taking those things into consideration. If you have two outside backs that can easily get out muscled, you want them both playing at the same time. Well, in Spain, the ball never goes in the air. It's always on the floor. It's always on the floor. It's new for him. Yeah, I mean, look, or even maybe you have to change your system, but that's uh, he's still, that's a whole yeah, other thing. Again. Maybe you would play just like how Chelsea do it. You know, they say three in the back, but mm-hmm. it's kind of technically five, right. where you have them as wingbacks because right. they are good at they go both ways. distributing that way. Yeah. You know, it, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's not like their bench looks any better. You know, they have Doherty who doesn't play, but at least he's physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Roden. Ben Davies. I mean, there's there's not really necessarily influential players on this bench. No. So I think that has a lot to play too. Uh, you know, I don't know his issue, but having Lucas Mora would be helpful. I think there was no changing this game. No, this no. game was this meant game was done. for Spurs to lose. Yeah. Chelsea are just incredible, and they're just showing dominance. And like we mentioned for the third time, they're that new team that is rotating, and it doesn't matter. They no. could take Mason Mount out. Yeah. They could take Kai Havertz. They cannot play. I mean, I'm sure even if they put Werner in for Lukaku at points, it wouldn't necessarily matter. They can switch out Jorginho. They're multi-layered. And a big, 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 big player, well, two big players that are surprising this year is Kovacic and Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso is like taking the job from Ben Chilwell right now. Well, I'm not surprised about the Marcus Alonso because ever since he joined the league, he's been banging in free kicks. He's been putting. Yeah, the but we were all waiting for him to go. We we're all like, he's at that yeah, age. Yeah, but where even he at the end, of, the end of the year last year, he, he was playing. Understood, yeah. and you know, and then you have Ben Chilwell who's getting call ups, and you know, he's like a very, very, very mm-hmm. good left back. Yeah, he's like taking all the playing yet. time. Yep. He's not ready. It's incredible. Yet. So, yeah, that was, like, the biggest clash of the week. And yeah, they can play any system they want. Kudos to them. Yeah. Kudos to them. I think they're definitely the team to beat. And I think we all could recognize that it's not really anything controversial. No. Delving into the last four games, I want to just mention some big points or big influential players of uh, certain matches. I think Bai from Aston Villa. Uh, sorry, Bailey. Leon Bailey. Yeah. Apologize. Leon Bailey, incredible. Just wow. 
Yeah, he, come, he made a big difference. Comes on in the second half for a couple of minutes because uh, he puts in a beautiful corner. He comes in the 61st minute. Yeah, 61st. When did he get subbed? 78th? 82nd? When he gets subbed out? When he gets subbed out. I think uh, 82nd minute. 82nd minute. So how long is he in? 20 for? minutes. 20 minutes. 20 minutes, two goals. Matty Cash Forget the own right? goal. First of all, it's that would goal. be goal of the season. Let's start Matty Cash's goal. Okay. So he's run he's run from the mid hat for the from the midfield, cuts in on his left, pops it right top, hits corner. it with his left on near post right side. It's a good goal. Amazing. Better than goal than Kata's. Absolutely not. Definitely but amazing is. goal. Now Matty Come Cash on. is really showing quality. He's good. He's showing quality. He I showed like it call, last year. He's I like to getting call better. Villa, the pretty boys. There's a lot of pretty boys on that team. A lot of pretty boys, man. Matty Cash flowing hair. They're all pretty. They make me feel self-conscious, honestly. <laughs> no, so you have to it's okay. Put you that can grow your hair if you want. I might grow out my hair. We'll get you a cooler name. Like Grealish? Jack's a pretty cool name, actually. Jack Cash. Look at that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely need to cut that out. <laughs> Not so, better now. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Matt Cash is showing, showing mm-hmm. real quality. Matt Target's on the opposite side. He's just doing his job. He's, he's no, had a rough. Yeah, he's first just doing his games, job. He had a good game, but Cash is just showing new layers of his game. Incredible goal. My favorite one, Second Leon goal. Bailey's man. Wow, just coming off of the corner kick, coming off of the inside corner curler, kick. unreal. And then his follow up goal, psh, you couldn't stop that. Just he saw the gave open a bowl space. up top. Yep. The control he had, bringing it down and just ripping it. Yeah, it, was, it, was like, it was perfect. Wow. It was perfect. The head into the dribble, into the shot. It was perfect. To think, you know, it's like, sometimes I wonder, like, seeing some of these players, I'm like, I should watch a few Bundesliga games. Because, I mean, that guy's been around a little bit and he's been yeah, making the name. Yeah, Bundesliga players aren't bad. They're just playing incredible. It was a really clean strike from Leon Bailey, unlike Kata's. Just saying. Anyway, I'm tired of this. We'll keep going. But he gets on and he gets injured, so they've got to bring <laughs> yeah. that too. That's what he does. It's, look, he gets his goals yeah. and then he's got to injure himself right. so he could just relax for another week. So, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about Leon Bailey? Do you think he's going to show consistency? Well, every time he's come in to play, he's got an assist or a goal already. And it just thinks that he's has an injury, and it might be something serious. We don't know yet. It might be, uh, I think, a ligament issue, which would mean he would be out for a while. Um, so the medical team needs to figure out what the issue is exactly and just try to prepare him to be healthy because Austin Villa really do need him. He is an impact player, and he changes the game. Fair enough. And my last question to you is, any concerns for Everton? This is... Very shocking for them to have uh, zero goals in there. Besides game. for Rafa Benitez being their coach? or Sure thing. I just feel they, like everything... They've, they've scored in all their results at I know. least two uh, goals. Damari Gray had a couple of chances. It was kind of like Spurs. They had their chances, but they didn't take them. Um, their team doesn't change much over the years. Yes, they've bought a lot of people, and they've bought a lot of people for a lot of money. Especially Arsenal players, they they come in and they get these big contracts for some reason, and uh, they usually just play the bench. 
Um, like Theo Walcott. Alex Wolby, Theo Walcott. I think there was other ones too. But do you think Calvert Lewin's presence is missed? You think that's what it is? Yeah, and they're also missing with Charleston too. So it's two big misses. I think they'll be fine. I'm not really worried about them. Mm-hmm. Um, their midfield, their midfield, uh, Ducouré and Allen has been doing good this year. Their back four has been doing good. I think it was a, just a rough game for Dinier, but I think they'll be fine. I have no issues for with Everton. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think another honorable mention of a game was the Norwich Watford game. I think so because there are two teams that you would feel could be relegation at mm-hmm. the end of the year. And you're getting to really see that nitty-gritty of what they're bringing to the Premier League. All I have to say is just that I'm really happy with what Watford's showing. I feel like Norwich is looking flat. Norwich is probably the worst team in the league right now. Yeah. Definitely. There's like no doubt about it. They don't have big impact players. And the ones that they do, they're not doing anything this year. Or they really can't. They're just being overrun. Like, for instance, you know, like this was uh, Kabak. Is his debut mm-hmm. for Norwich. You know what I mean? It didn't change. You know, he made certain mistakes. I mean, yeah, it's a whole team issue, but he made certain mistakes in that game that I saw in Liverpool. But in Liverpool, you have other guys to kind of cover you. Right. You have Allison in that as well. So that showed. Sargent had his first start. So that's great. Cool Joshua for Sargent, Team USA. Team yeah. USA. You know, not too much to say for that. Again, their attack wasn't super influential. Their one goal... You know, it was a 3v1 kind of deal, so Pookie just made the best of that. Finally, you know, netting. But overall, I was just in all watching Watford. I kind of, I was like a Watford fan while I was watching it. You know, like usually when you watch a game as a neutral, you usually kind of tend to look at it one way or the right. other. I was just enticed to look at it all Watford because they were more exciting. They were smart because when I watched the lineup come out, an hour before the game started, because I watched the full game, I was saying to myself, that's kind of interesting. I feel like Watford's going to win, because he went straight experience. You know, you have Ben Foster and Nett, who's been Prem forever. Mm-hmm. You have Danny Rose, same. You have Cathcart. You have Cleverly. You have Josh King. You know, these are all players that have been on different teams and that have proven teams. themselves. You know, they know what it's all about. They know what it's like to get a gritty win. So I felt like that was one of the big edges. And then the other thing is now the pace that they have up front. Honestly, between Emmanuel Dennis and Saar, yeah. just it's it can get overwhelming depending on the team. It's a different style because they used to have Igalo and Troy Dini who are much slower and different kind of striker. Now their team is a little more, you know, through ball, on the, on the ball, on the ball. And yeah, they move quicker now. I think they're, Josh... They're, less, a... they're a less aggressive team now. Right. Like physical meaning. Correct. It's more about speed. Right. I think Josh King had a great game. Yeah. He was in charge of two goals, uh, you know, because he missed that. He he took the shot and then Sar followed up. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't super impressive on Sar's part. Uh, and then Good to he, be there. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, I mean, just overall, Watford's looking great. Just a shout out because I called out Emmanuel Dennis in our first podcast. Yeah. He's looking awesome. Yeah. I he's looking super strong. I think he's he's gonna do great. I think I can even see him moving on. It's really good because you know besides for Norwich, these teams that just came up, they got great strikers and they made good business. So um, it's gonna be a really exciting Premier League. I think this is actually gonna be 
one of the most exciting that I've seen. Yeah, I agree with that. Then Brighton again. Brighton again. Against Leicester. Brighton against Leicester, man. Talking about Arsenal boys that we don't know what to do with. Danny Welbeck puts in a goal. Shouldn't have sold him. The journeyman, Welbeck. Yeah, he's been around. Feel bad injuries and out and injuries, injuries and all, but uh, this he was Brighton, he was like a wonder kid at one point. Uh, yeah, crazy. he was a wonder kid at one point. Injuries and all, he, he's still a good guy. He's still a good player, but this Brighton he's a team good guy too. It's okay. Yeah, this this Brighton team, it's showing. Yeah, man, Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy this is showing, man. Uh, Potter's doing a great job with this team, and. You know, I, I watch the games, and they, they play great. They have great attacking play, and they have really good players, and they give the ball well, and they're not afraid to attack, and it shows. Yeah, honestly. I mean, as you can see, Arteta takes Brighton players to lose, and then Potter takes Arsenal players to win. Maybe Potter to Arsenal? Too soon. Too Ar- soon. Arteta's going to be there for a while, I think. <laughs> too soon. I think he's stuck in the quicksand, and the quicksand's not moving, and they're just telling you this. Don't worry, you'll do, you'll do good next year. Well, since we're on the topic, Arsenal, they did get good. their win. They did good, they won, 1-0. Get their win, 1-0. What, 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 what a free kick. Yeah. Martin Odegaard, what a free kick. Hey, it was quality. It, it, it bothers me because the best players on the team are under the age of 22. Yeah. And you're a top six uh, well, you're a big club. <laughs> yeah, you, got ex- club. You, you have expensive. You're large. Seats. You're yes, large. You have expensive seats and many fans. Yeah, I mean, listen, if they they haven't had their two victories haven't been stellar. You know, no, some would both, think like, yeah. what happens if they didn't get the free kick? Right, zero zero. Probably. So Burnley were turning it on at the end of the ha- and the end of the second half. They could have they could have brought it out. So, yeah, Arsenal, obviously, every day is like baby steps for them. They're mm-hmm. going to be a baby step team for a while where every week they figure something out, they put something together. Just like a baby when he takes his first steps. Hey, what happens when I move this leg in front of this leg? Oh, oh I seem to have gone somewhere. <laughs> it's just like that in the Arsenal training camp. So that was our recap for the game week five. Also, small thing that I wanted to discuss, we were talking about Manchester City, and Pep Guardiola recently was in an interview, and he discussed about he wants more supporters coming out. Do you feel like that is a portion that has to deal with how they're playing? Well, I feel like he wants more supporters to come out to the Champions League games, because their Champions League um, attendance is really low. Um, the, The stat fact is that United, West Ham, Man City, Arsenal, Norwich have the best attendance in the league. That's the top five. Liverpool are right after. Small club Liverpool. Imagine if you can't get people to the league games. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. It's the truth. It's a stat. It's a stat. Say that stat one more time. United, West Ham, Arsenal, Uh Norwich, Manchester City have better attendance to league games than Liverpool. I'd love to see the stat facts on that one. Uh, West Ham and United are closest to 100%. 95% is uh, Arsenal, uh, West uh, Arsenal, Norwich, and Manchester City. And then... Well, let me hit Liverpool. you on something. Your Champions League games are always packed. Well, but 
let's also uh, say that uh, it's easy to fill up the 10 seats at Norwich. So that's already They have start- a big stadium. Starting. It doesn't matter. Anyways. West Ham has a big stadium. I was delving into this, actually, about his comments with Man City. Okay. And I was looking at A very small percentage of fans that go to their Champions League game. Now, Man City, right? They're the fifth largest capacity. So they fit 55, uh, roughly Mm -hmm. 55,000 in the stadium. In 2018-19, they said 98% uh, capacity on average, Mm -hmm. right? For the whole year. And... The season prior, 96% on average. So one would say, all right, I mean, obviously they're doing what they have to do. They have all their fans. But then you watch the games and then you do notice that it doesn't look 98% if you could find empty seats, right? So actually there was a statistic that showed there is actually a discrepancy between the numbers that Manchester City publish and the numbers that are collected for how many is the capacity. Because at the 96%, which is 53,000, they actually fact-checked everything. It turned out to be 83% at 45,000. I could believe that. They're, so they threw in an empty. extra 8,000. You think people buy the tickets, don't show up for the game, but they still collect the tickets? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're just trying to throw those numbers out so they don't look weak or like they don't, you know, it doesn't negatively affect the team oil money but at the end of the day it only matters about who's actually there so jokes True. on them and i think that does influence their team 100 percent. you want to so have you know fans. they can say oh we got more than liverpool whatever like, but go to a liverpool stadium it's right. complete you, you can have five liverpool pl- uh, fans they're a lot more energetic than a hundred city fans right you uh you play such you know good football you want people to come watch you and and if the coach is saying on a national, you know, interview that we need more supporters, right. I, I mean, mean that, that's on your club. That Champions League game was literally empty. That's on like, your club. It was like looking at a man losing his hair; it's just patches everywhere. Like it was, there was no one there. And it was look, like, nothing was more sad than that one. <laughs> the one game they had, it was during COVID. You know, when they only had the cameras for the fans. Yeah, they didn't even have enough cameras. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that they. They need the support. So whoever is like a true city fan and not right. just one that just got made up in the past few years. I mean, even if you did, you know, right? You can still go on you. That's fine. fine. Yeah. But you know, teams it's about support. Teams need the support. Yeah, it gives you the extra edge. A twelfth man. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah. Facts that it's I good, actually want to look up. It's a good fact check. So yeah, guys, thanks for listening in to Above the Pitch. Uh, this was our game week five recap. And we're going to come to you with uh, a small segment on our predictions for the table and where we think people will stand. Thanks again.